0: Holy God made flesh, let us come to this word, open to being surprised, silence our agendas, banish our assumptions, cast out our casual detachment, confound our expectations, clear the cobwebs from our ears, penetrate the corners of our hearts with this word. We know that you can, we pray that you will, And we wait with great anticipation. Amen. Let's turn first to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. We're going to read verses 26 to 38 now. We covered this a couple of weeks ago, and we were looking at these uh, words about the coming of Jesus and the birth of Jesus. And I, I want to focus on a particular area again, so let us read again from Luke For you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will have no end. Now let us turn to... The letter to the Philippians chapter four and read verses four to seven. Rejoice in the Lord always, again I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So the Apostle Paul tells us that the Lord is at hand. And the angel told Mary that her baby would be the Son of the Most High, and also sit upon the throne of David. Now this asks, or begs the asking of a couple of questions. First of all, what does it mean to be at hand? Is, is the Lord at hand, and, and what does that mean? And, and then the next question is, is how can how can Jesus be sitting on David's throne when it doesn't exist anymore? When, when David's throne room is nothing but rubble now and part of an archaeological exploration that's been going on for a long time. And how is it then that this one who is both the son of the Most High and a descendant of David is going to do all of this? Well first let's take a look at what the Apostle Paul said about the Lord being at hand. The dictionary definition of the term at hand breaks it down into three parts. Number one, it says that at hand means physically nearby. And then it says that it is current and in need of addressing or in need of attention. And then finally, at hand means impending or imminent. Now, if we look at what Paul is saying about the Lord being at hand, the fact is is that that it is all three that is what we're talking about. For example, the Lord is immediate and nearby. Yes, he's actually right here. Now you say, well, I can't see him. I can't feel him. My senses don't seem to inform me of his physical presence. So what do you mean by that? Well, We go back to the very carefully laid and executed plans of Jesus. After having risen from the dead, he began to slowly pour out the Holy Spirit upon his followers. And then at Pentecost, as though the cork in a champagne bottle popped, the Holy Spirit is flowing everywhere. And all who will accept Christ as Savior and be born again in the Holy Spirit will receive the Holy Spirit. And this same Holy Spirit is, in fact, one of the three persons of God, meaning that there is no separation between the Spirit that is in you and around you and the very heart of Jesus. Or for that matter the father now we don't understand that's why we call it a mystery but but in bible sense a mystery is a good thing it means that we are not possessors of all knowledge and all things because if we were we'd be god and since god is somewhat mysterious that's a good thing that means that god is qualified for the job and so We embrace the mystery of the Trinity and understand then that while we are filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus refers to us as the body of Christ or his body. And that literally means that we are the physical presence of Jesus. And so as I look around the room at the believers here with me and I imagine the believers watching this online, I know that in them I see Christ. And so he is immediate and nearby because he resides in you. Now, the second part of the dictionary definition says that it's something that is in need of attention. Currently in need of attention. So if something is at hand, it means it's supposed to be dealt with now. Well, if you haven't dealt with Jesus, Revelation tells us that he's standing at the door knocking, and he's waiting for you to open the door and let him in. And in a very real sense, this needs to be attended to. As we light those now three candles of Advent, we are metaphorically and even visually identifying the nearness of Christ. If, if Christ's birth were a year ago, then it would be as though his return was within the hour. And so three candles are lit, and there's one and then the final candle to light and this will do on Christmas Eve, but what if in the grand time scheme of the Lord, the very nearness of Christ's return was like that? And that means that if you haven't dealt with Christ, you need to deal with him now. You see, he's not gonna always let himself be unattended to. In fact, the living and the dead who have not attended to Christ who is at hand will sooner or later have to attend to him. For now he stands at the door and knocks and he's waiting for you to invite him in. But one day he will come in glory and you will either accept him or reject him, but you will attend to him. And so there's an immediacy about this. He is at hand and you need to attend to him. Then we are told that the Lord is imminent. Now that's a word I've used a little bit in the last few weeks, and what it means is certain to happen. He's certain to come. There are certain things in life that are imminent. The birth of a child is imminent. If a person is expecting a baby in time, it will come. Uh, The changing of the seasons are imminent. They come whether we're ready for them or not. The impending storm that's racing across the prairie towards our hometown is imminent. It's coming, and it's just a question of when and whether you're ready for it. And again, this statement that the Lord is at hand is clear. He's coming. He's here, and his coming will be complete soon. There's no question about... If it's going to happen, it's only a question of when, and the when is only a matter of concern to people who live within the confines of space and time. He is coming, and he must be attended to, and if you have attended to him and been born again, then he is physically present in you and in me. Now, back to Gabriel's words to Mary. He said that this child of hers would be the son of the Most High and a descendant of David. And a study of the lineage of Mary and Joseph indicates that he is in fact descended from David through Mary and in his home, in his household, he is a descendant through Joseph. He is the son of the Most High because his father was none other than God the Father, who through the Holy Spirit has made Mary pregnant with God's child. He's going to sit on the throne of David, or perhaps he already is. Now this is a question that is of some debate, and it depends on your point of view regarding the uh, tribulation, the the rapture, all of this. uh, I recommend you tune in on Wednesday nights for our study of the book of Revelation. I'm inclined to think that what we're really hearing is, is that he has taken the throne of David and made it a supernatural throne, where he sits today as the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. David and the things of David's kingdom were meant to be an an image or a foreshadowing of the things in heaven. And the scripture tells us that heaven's glory is descending to the earth. In fact, in a few weeks, you'll be watching perhaps the uh, Times Square New Year's Eve services, and you'll see that great crystal ball descending slowly, slowly, slowly until it hits the bottom and the new year begins. And in fact, the Scripture tells us that heaven is descending slowly, and upon His final judgment and complete uh, completion of God's work on earth, heaven and earth will be one. If that then is the case, then truly, Jesus is sitting on the throne of David and his glorious throne is on its way to where it started. In fact, everything we see in scripture is meant to give us an impression of what it is like in heaven. Reading Revelation and seeing images of the uh, throne room of God, we can see the image in the form of the temple and the tabernacle in the Old Testament. Throughout the Bible, there are impressions and images of things in heaven, and the things of heaven are descending to the earth in time. Meaning that the throne of David is already filled, with the King of glory, Lord Jesus Christ, and it will be in its place on earth in time, just as it is on heaven. This is why Jesus taught us to pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so when we who embrace life in Christ experience new birth in Christ and are born again in the Holy Spirit then we have become citizens of the kingdom of Christ and we are the people to whom none of this is going to be a big surprise none of this is going to be a big surprise to us we we will hear the trumpet blast and the shout of our bridegroom and because of the spirit within us we'll know our master's voice, we'll know what is coming to pass. We will recognize descending signs from heaven. As the Spirit transforms our nature, we go through a process called sanctification, and in that respect, over the passing of our days and months and years, we are becoming more conformed to the image of Christ every day, or at least that's what we should be striving for. And as we strive to be more conformed to the image of Christ, more and more the things of the earth become less important. They, in effect, aren't so much waiting for heaven to descend as much as we are ascending to heaven and the things of earth are falling away. When Christ calls and we rise to meet him in our resurrection form, we are in every sense being untethered from the earth and racing inexorably towards the embrace of our Savior Lord Jesus Christ. We'll see the earth descending behind us so fast that it will be difficult to comprehend. And This is the idea and this will not be frightening or anything to, to, to be concerned about, but rather to look forward to with joy. On the day of the Lord as I said, is minutes away. It really is. In the grand scheme of God's perfect timing, which is controlled from outside of space and time, the imminency of this day of the Lord is mere minutes away. And are you ready to attend to it? And if you're living already in the new life that Christ has given you, you've let him in, are you, letting you, are you letting him transform your nature? Are you letting him shape you into his image? Are you pulling as hard as you can away from the earth and looking forward to the day when through resurrection he cuts you loose from the earth? Or is it the other way around? Are you holding on as hard as you can to the things of the earth even though you feel the real gravitational pull that is the pull of heaven upon the Christian soul? Let us pray. Almighty God, I thank you for your word. I pray that you burn it upon the hearts of your people. Let all that we say and do be in recognition of the truth and love that transforms us. And let us give you all the glory and praise. Amen.